Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. This is day one of our fourth annual 12 Days of Podcasts. The never-ending telethon that is our holiday gift to you. Yeah, we wanted to do something for anybody who's traveling. Anybody who is working, if you're the one person working during the holidays. Anybody who is just trying to avoid your family while you're at home, all under one roof. This is when we flood the market. We give you guys 12 episodes in 12 days. And, and if you've been rocking for us for a while... Welcome back. If you're new, we want to say, hey, we do a podcast that is almost 300 episodes in that has never, never been about grabbing headlines. No. It's not about selling our guests out if they say something that, oh, you know, could be seen as like towing a line. We never want it to be something that does a disservice to the person who sits between us and shares their life story. And given that, I'm sure some of you have, have shown up today because you saw the news that Cam made. Yeah, there's like, there, there is the headline that came from this interview. And, and by the way, that was never our intention. We never. never. We never wanted to make a bigger moment out of the fact that Cameron does not believe in dinosaurs. I mean, it's just a big deal that Cameron would come over here and like spend some time with us. And for, for sure. For us to exploit this headline for personal gain, like for clout. No, never. That'd be pathetic. Never. Like, if we were to sit here and talk about how Cameron doesn't believe in dinosaurs that's, for like more than just the moment, you have yeah. If you think that's what we do, you have certainly underestimated us. Well, yeah, you've gotten us very wrong. I think it's it's we dis- would we would never. I think it's frankly disgusting mm-hmm. to assume that we would take some quote of Cameron not believing that dinosaurs ever walked to the face of the earth, and we're not gonna like send it to the shade room no, n- or say cheese TV. What? And say, hey, Cameron doesn't believe in dinosaurs. No. Isn't that crazy? There's, uh, uh, to even imagine that we would take a video clip from the episode that we have up on YouTube.com/slash It's The Real and yeah. make it a moment. We have better things. Come to do. on, like and plus, like how would we even chop it down? Like we have we have an hour and a half interview with him. This is. This is frankly demeaning to everything that we have built to this point. Pathetic. We are we are not asking an artist of Cameron stature to come over here. Like he has a full life. What what? And we got into all that and then like He's to, promoting an album, by the way, Purple Haze 2 that comes out next week. He's not here to dive into the the muddy waters of like conspiracy whether theories about dinosaurs, whether dinosaurs existed exist or not. Come like on. and that we come would, on. That we would make a big deal out of that. Jeff, I'm frankly I'm disappointed that we had to even discuss this to start this podcast. I in no way wanted to bring this energy here today. Well, thank you for addressing it. Yeah. Well, and, and you too. And we want to thank all of the um, people who, who ignored those headlines out there. Yeah. You know, that is not our purpose. That's not what we stand on. This is a family podcast. Yeah. The, like, we're not TMZ. We're not sending our stuff to TMZ. Not at all. Not... The least of which would be Cameron and that dinosaur talk. Doesn't believe in them. And that's fine. <sighs> that's him. Jeff, let's, yeah. let's reset mm-hmm. and start off the 12 days in the best way we know how. Jeff, who's on the podcast today? Cameron. And what's he talking about? Dinosaurs. <laughs> Jeff, when do you want to get into it? <laughs> right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. 730 Dips, a.k.a. Sword Triceps. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Let a Couple Ring Off, a.k.a. Divorce. It was Killer Kim from all of my stuff. If Jim was here, Jim would have mad like yeah, those yeah. Tostate Bandit, One-Eyed Willie, blah, 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 blah. Jim got all the ad-libs. No, this is true. Yeah. Like, it wasn't off some names. I wasn't prepared to 
Yes, your third favorite podcast to waste time with it's the real. Cam, what's happening? Everything's good, man. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. Listen, it, it took 270 something episodes to get you here, but we really, really appreciate it. This was planned. Yeah, this I, is planned. It was 277 that I planned to come on. Exactly. Yeah, you had all the warm up people beforehand, yeah, and exactly. you're the headliner. Congratulations on what y'all doing, though. Thank, thank you very much. Proud of y'all, man. Thank you. Thank I you. The growth. I think that we should just stop after this episode. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll negotiate. If I could be involved, we'll keep there going. There we go. You know, I there would 100% be down. Yeah. Yeah. If you let me manage you, then. Oh. You be bigger than Brad Pitt nah. and everybody else's <laughs> management. I'll now we're talking. Else. Now we're talking. Harlem right. and South Harlem together, you know? There you go. Yeah. Um, so we have to start off with the most important question I think you've ever been asked. Okay. There's a video that you took in like a uh, Walgreens or a supermarket. Okay. It's with you and uh, a young female friend. Okay. When, when is this about? About a decade ago. Okay. So this is, this is a, a, a I got different. You. Okay. I'm just yeah. trying to make sure. Yeah, that yeah, I, yeah. I do them videos every week. I'm just yeah. making sure which one you're talking about. There was a girl. She, uh, you had her, uh, or maybe she chose to run through the supermarket with a jar of Hellman's mayonnaise okay. between her cheeks. Oh, and I have. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What is the craziest thing that that has been off camera? <laughs> That's happened in a supermarket with you. We do, like I said, we do this like pretty much every week in Walmart. Like we go to Walmart at like three in the morning. And I would say, okay, let me give, I, this is, I'm not going to say the dude's name. I'm giving you a dope one. So we're in Walmart one night and me and a, me, a female and one of my friends, male friend, pause. Yeah. So anyway, um. We in there, it's like around Thanksgiving, so we just in there wilding, like throwing turkeys around <laughs> and playing football with turkeys and like breaking bottles by accident and shit like that. And um, so, but we still bought like about three hundred and maybe seventy, eighty dollars worth of stuff. So it was a fun time. So we're leaving out, and um, as we're leaving out, like the security, like they had undercover cops in this particular Walmart. And as they're leaving out, the cops come over, like, hold up, everybody, hold up. And I'm like, I know, I know, we broke mass shit. I already know <laughs> it's no big deal. Um, whatever I broke, I'll pay for it. It's like, no, we seen that. It's not a problem. You, talking to my friend, what's in your pocket? He, like, stole some toothpaste and, like, some, some tooth. It was like. Damn. It was like you, like. Nothing. Yeah. No, it was nothing. We just spent three hundred dollars. He stole like eleven dollars worth of shit, <laughs> and then he was like, "You have to come with us to the back." He's like, "Cam," I'm like, "I don't fucking know you. <laughs> Why the fuck are you stealing eleven dollars worth of shit?" And we just spent three hundred eighty dollars worth of shit. He tried to make an excuse. I left. I left him at the <laughs> Walmart and went home. If you go food shopping, do people expect things to happen? Um, do you feel like you let them down if you're not throwing turkeys around? It, it depends. No, no. When we throw turkeys and yeah, play it's a giveaway. <laughs> yeah, that's like three in the morning. It's nobody there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's we plan that shit out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we love going to Walmart acting stupid when nobody's there. Do I the, do like in that video, you assured the people behind the the counter. You were like, no, we're paying for the mayonnaise. Like we're good. <laughs> it's in the asshole. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna put it back on the shelf. So yeah, absolutely, we pay for that. <laughs> I pay for all that shit because it's on camera. Yeah. That's what got me mad with my man. I'm like, yo, you see how crazy we acting in here? Why the fuck are you stealing anything? It don't even make sense. He just wanted to outdo you. <laughs> no, I think he, he, he's he sick. He needed toothpaste. He's yeah. sick. What's the, what's the lady, the white girl who be stealing shit for no reason? 
uh, the actress. Lindsay Lohan? There you go. He oh, got yeah. that shit. He got the black male version of Lindsay Lohan <laughs> stealing for no reason. Have you ever met good. Lindsay Lohan? Actually, I haven't. Wow. Not interested. I, I that's fair. No. Yeah. That's fair. Unless He's right back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> um, let's take it back to the very, very beginning. Where are you originally from? I'm from 140th Street in Langs Avenue. You know, you talked about that in your songs. It's it's well known. Um, you put it on the map. 140th and, and Lennox. What was your apartment like growing up? Um, I lived in a five bedroom. You know, it's uh, old apartment. Um, Harlem apartments are real long, like railroad apartments with a lot of bedrooms in it. I lived with my mom, my two uncles, and my grandmother. Man, and whoever else came to spend the night. What was uh, hanging up in your bedroom? Um, I didn't have my own bedroom. I had to sleep like with my mom and my grandmother, like the first probably eight years of my life, and then they like cleaned out a closet and put a bed in there for me. And Damn! Shit. Wow. Yeah. So that did you? Harsh, yo. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I a closet, room. you know. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did you did you dream of like bigger things at, at that young age? Yeah. Well, of course I did. Actually, my, one thing about my mom, she always kept me well rounded and um. Um, until I got probably in the third grade, I went to private school for um, from kindergarten to third grade. I went to Disney World. I went to a lot of plays downtown. I participated in a lot of plays. I did gymnastics. I tap danced. My mom had me in a lot of different activities, and we traveled a lot, so I saw other things. Wait, later on, when Prodigy, those pictures came out, like, yeah. did you, what went through your head? I panicked, because I was like, it's some pictures of me tap dancing somewhere and shit. But yeah. now I don't give a fuck. That was no, a tough Yeah, album. right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, but I definitely, like, I did a whole show when I was, like, four years old at the Beacon Theater and shit. Oh, Holy shit. shit. Yeah, like, Upper West Side. Shit. Yeah, my mom had me in a lot of different activities at a young age. But when I first seen, that's a great question, because I seen that, I'm like, They're damn. They're all great questions. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, damn, is somebody going to pull out my tap in video <laughs> and shit one day? But... That's a good question because when I seen that, I'm like, I definitely have somebody. I don't know where they at. Somebody definitely has a video or pictures of me tap dancing. Well, so when Jay did that, did you think like, ah, oh, he's dirty? Like he's got like, you know, that's part of the game at that time. You yeah. know, everybody was beefing with each other. It's kind of natural, so I didn't expect nothing of it. Like so, I didn't look at, I didn't frown upon it. When did basketball really like, you know, when did you really take to it? Probably like um, basketball became realistic for me like at ten. That's when I all the shit that my mom had me doing. I figured out this is what I like, you know. Cut all that other stuff out. Yeah, I couldn't do backflips and gymnastics <laughs> and shit. I was good on the rings and shit, but I wasn't really balanced, beamy and all that. Basketball guy from my block actually lived on the same block as me. Um, when I used to play in the park, his name is Aziz. He took me to Gauchos at probably 10 or 11 years old. Wow. And that's when I started playing organized basketball when I was 10 or 11 years old. I was I kind of dead at everything else that I was doing because... I love basketball so much, I started focusing on that. Did you already know like you were nice? Uh, no. Actually, I just thought I was playing in the park. He actually spotted me and guess he saw some talent in me. I was just playing freestyle basketball. And um, he just took a chance and took me over there. So would you play at different parks or just like your spot and Gauchos? Well, um, I played in my... I had a park directly across the street from where I grew up at on 140th Street. It's a park right there, so... I would play right there all the time, um, and Gauchos was probably like a 15-minute walk, 20-minute maximum walk from my house, but um, I would play other places, too. My grandmother lived on the east side of Harlem on 110th Street and 1st Avenue. I'll travel there to play, but as I got older, probably 12, 13, we would go everywhere and play basketball, whether it's Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, wherever. 
And I know that that you and Jim first crossed paths on the east side, right. and his cousin Dave was really good at basketball. Right. And when you guys like faced off, like he was the guy over there, and right. and you were the other guy coming in. Right. Did you know that he was like legit? Well, at that time, I was the way I looked at it. I wouldn't let nobody from the east side beat me in basketball because I just felt west side was better basketball players than them. You know what really hurt them is when me and Dave played one-on-one and I killed Dave. <laughs> and I, for real, and like the whole east side was so disappointed. My man Sin City talks about that. He's like, Dag, they was really disappointed. But my mentality was nobody from the east side is going to beat me in basketball because I just thought the west side was better basketball players. And what was really the best part of your game? Um... Really dribbling and going to the basket. Everybody, a lot of people didn't shoot jump shots like they shoot them now. You know, it's like Steph Curry reinvented the game. So I would drive, go to the basket. It's time I have 40, 50, 60 points before <laughs> going to the basket. But um, I dribbled really good and going to the basket was my thing. Yeah. I didn't really have that much of a jump shot. Was Jimmy all right? <laughs> 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 Jim was I for the park like yeah. he didn't play no tournaments I used to get him at that because he used to have like a little third place tournament trophy in his crib <laughs> and it's funny because Jim used to always want to beat me so bad too he would call me at three in the morning and be like I'll play you right now like, <laughs> for real we'll go meet in the park at three in the morning and I'll be like alright bet and he'll play me and I'll come from uptown and he'll come from downtown Harlem and we'll meet in the park and play nobody's outside three in the morning and um, he would be so pissed that I keep beating him. <laughs> we actually played, it was a game of 21, maybe like three years ago, four years ago, in the back of one of our shows when we was on tour. They had a basketball court back there, and we was playing, and I see how hard he was playing at this age. I'm like, yo, dog, calm down, man, you wildin'. So I had to turn up on him, and I ended up winning that game too, and I told him I'm never playing him again, ever, no more. It's over. Yeah. I'll beat you forever. You never beat me in life. I'm not playing you again. He, and he gets mad about it because I'm never going to play him again. I got a whatever and zero record against him, so I'm not going to even risk playing him anymore. Who else is, who else is legitimately nice at basketball? From Harlem? No, or? just like around the game. What do you mean? Like, like, like in, in music. In music. Yeah. Oh, in music? I don't know. Because a lot of people talk. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, um, the game, obviously, is like, you know. No I heard one, I never yeah. seen them play, but I, I see J. Cole almost dunked of it in the yeah. All-Star Weekend. I never really see too many basketball um, people play. Maybe because I just don't take them seriously. Right. So I don't see them play. But um, Does Johnny Shipes want to? Yeah, you know what's crazy? <laughs> I didn't even know Johnny Shipes played basketball and he, um, so he told me, I didn't even comment on it. <laughs> so earlier t- today, matter of fact, yesterday, last night, I was speaking to him and I'm like, yo, we supposed to have a meeting tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, yo, I got to get a surgery done I'm like, on my toe. I'm like, okay, we have a meeting tomorrow. <laughs> he was like, he's like, all right, I'll make it. I said, what is it for? He's like, you know, it's an ingrown toenail pause. I'm like, he said it hurts when I play basketball and everything. And I'm like, I never even knew Johnny Shanks. This is last night. I never even knew he played basketball, but I didn't even comment on it. I just like scratched my chin like, when do you play basketball, man? But um, You're saying he doesn't look like he's in basketball shape? I didn't, I'm not going to. He lost a lot of weight. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. And shout out to Johnny Shanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lost a lot of weight. He was on a real strict diet. So I'm not going to still say he's in basketball shape, right. but it's like he said my toe hurts when I play basketball, and I'm like, I'd never talk to you about basketball <laughs> ever. So, yeah, I just found this out last night. 
and Mace. Mace could play. Mace was good until he was about 15 years old. And then um, he's not really athletic, that good, that, that um, athletic, you know, jumping off being that fast. But from the time we was probably 10 to 15 years old, Mace was probably one of the five best players. Damn. Because he's really good. But, you know, as people get older and grow and get more athletic, um, they kind of surpass him. But he was real good from the time I would say 10 to 15 years old. And well, you started playing, like, organized basketball at that point. Maybe about 11. Yeah. 10 or 11. But they was already playing, like, Mace and a few other people from my neighborhood, they've been playing since, it's a thing called, okay, when you're 10 to 12, that's biddies. And then under 10 is super biddies. So they've been playing since they like six, seven years old, organized basketball. So they kind of had a jump on me with that. And how early did, did like colleges take notice? Like I started getting letters from college in the sophomore, junior wow. year. Yeah. And how seriously did you take that? Were you like, yo, I'll go like wherever? I mean, everybody wants to go to a Division One school because that's the next step to go to the NBA. So you definitely always want to go to a Division One school. When you start getting letters and seeing Division One schools are realistic, you start settling for what you could settle for. But the goal um, is always to try and go to a Division One school. Yeah. Because the next step is the NBA. So who are some of the letters that, that came to your door? Georgetown, University of Miami, mm. uh, USC. I was actually supposed to go to the University of Miami. Um, my my senior year of high school, um, we was twenty three and zero, and I lost. We lost in the first round of the playoffs, so that kind of sucks. So I didn't go back to school anymore. And um, <laughs> the University of Miami, I didn't take my SATs or none of that shit. I was so fucking pissed. Um, the University of Miami recommended me to a junior college with my man Rodney. He passed away to a junior college in um, Texas. So I went to Navarro Junior College in Corsicana, Texas for a year. But you didn't even like... For two uh, semester and a half. But you didn't graduate. No, I didn't graduate. I didn't go back to school anymore. But they you actually, did get your GED. They bought me my GED to my dorm. They bought it. Like, they was like, yeah, congratulations. $600. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they bring it to you. Like, if you're good at basketball, like... I bust it. It's this football player named Dexter Manley, right? Yeah. He, Former Redskin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yo, bro, he got like a, a, a bachelor's degree and all type of recommendations. And he, he just admitted, not just, but when his career was over, he admitted he can't read or write. Yeah. How the fuck you got a bachelor's degree you can't read or write? Right. You know what I'm saying? When you good at sports, they're going to make sure that they take care of you and do what they got to do. Yeah. Who was the biggest person that, like, you, you saw, like, on the block? Like, meaning somebody you looked up to and you were just like, oh, like, that person is who I, I want to be like? Um, I would say if I had to pick one person, um, I would say from the east side, my man Dave, we're still cool to this day. You know what I'm saying? I had a lot of big homies on my block. Um, growing up on 40th Street, but a lot of them was really violent, and everybody was violent. Not saying ain't nothing wrong with that, but like I told you, I traveled a lot. Even basketball, I started traveling, playing basketball, and I wanted something different. There's a lot of people from my block who never been to Jersey at that era. Right? Yeah. There's like the mall. What's that? Where's the mall at? I'm like, yo, it's in fucking Jersey. Jersey, <laughs> Jersey's man far. No, Jersey is 10 minutes away. If you get on the bridge, they didn't even really travel. Some people never been to City Island over there. They just thought yeah. everything revolved around right there. So when my man Dave on the east side, he was getting money. He was getting cars, and he liked basketball as well. He used to coach, and, you know, um, I just seen things that he, he was doing things outside of 
hustling to provide a better future for herself. You would even go to Jersey. You would hold cabs, right? Like, and go down to Jersey, Skate Key and all that? Yeah, skate Key was in the Bronx. Mm. Um, I know what you're talking about. Um, I can't think of the name right now that's in Jersey. But, yeah, we put cabs on hold. Mm-hmm. And... Cause we wasn't, we didn't have any cars, and even at the time, we didn't even maybe have a driver's license, and that was the thing to do: just rent a cab for like twenty five dollars an hour, and we'll just put them on hold for like six hours. But so it's was your right driver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm still cool with my first driver. For real? Right now. That's awesome. Day, Shout him like out. Yeah. CD. <laughs> my man, CD. So you guys would run around, and uh, did you have a job like that you would like go to in high school or anything? Nope. Yeah. Nope. I can't say that I did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Only time I did have a job is when I got kicked out of college. I came home and my mom um, was working for somebody in the liquor store and they gave me a, a job in the liquor store. And then she ended up getting the liquor store for herself and then me and Jim worked in there. Really? Yeah. Same hours? Yeah, we worked together. How did you and Jim work together back then? In the liquor store? Yeah. It was cool because we didn't have no other source of income. <laughs> you know. So, so you guys actually like gave a shit? Yeah, we did. It was dope because it was legal drugs. Everybody comes in the liquor store, the hustlers, the girls. Friday nights was exceptional. Made a lot of money those nights. But um, yeah, it was really dope. It was something to do when we wasn't do- when we didn't have anything to do. What yeah. was your guys' drink of choice back then? Alize. Yeah. For me, <laughs> I used to drink a lot of Alize. Man, I loved Alize. I don't even think they sell Alize anymore, but yeah. I-, I-, I loved Alize. When did you start like really spitting? When did I take rap serious? Yeah. Um, probably, I so I started rapping it. Like, my cousin Bloodshot, he was really into rap more than I was. And um, I used to just rap with him. And I lived on 40th, so Big L was starting to emerge as a rapper probably when I was in uh, 10th or 11th grade, something like that. And um, I was like, Dad, people started taking a liking to Big L, and I was like, that's my man from my block. You know, he wasn't like no big time rapper or nothing. Or I didn't even look at him as a rapper. Just my man from my block. And um, he went to school with this dude named Twan from the East Side, where um, my grandmother lived. And um, me and Twan and Bloodshed used to rap. And Twan was like, "Yo, you pretty good," because Twan was like the best that I heard on the East Side at that time. Hmm. And I was like, "Why you think I'm good?" He's like, "Yo." I'm I told my man Big L about you because Twan knew Big L and I didn't even know they knew each other. They both went to Julia Richmond or Brandeis. I think it's Richmond. Don't don't I don't want to be mistaken, but yeah. they both went to the same school. And Twan was like, Yo, I told my man Big L about you. I'm like, Big L, that's I live over there. I only come over here on the weekends to come visit my grandmother, but I live over there. So when I um got back uptown and I seen him, he's like, Yo, you rapping? I'm like, Yeah, I rap. He's like, Twan told me you rap, so I rap for him too, and um, he was liking my stuff. And then we go to school, and Mace used to start rapping his stuff in school. So I was around different areas and different people who always rapped. Then it became like, all right, let me keep two rhymes ready because every time we see somebody, we would want to hear a new rhymes. So if I go to school, Mace would have rhymes, or I'll go to Eastside, my cousin Bloodshed and Twan had rhymes. Um, Big L is acting around with me every three, four days. You know what I'm saying? Even though I didn't look at him as Big L, it's like my man Mark is asking me to rhyme every three days. Herb McGruff is up there with dope rhymes every yeah. day. So if everywhere I went, people were rhyming. So I always kept rhymes on deck, but just in case I get in a cipher or something with somebody. Did ciphers happen at outside of Mark 125? Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's a little different time because yeah. D, D from Rough Riders and Y from Rough Riders 
they had kind of a store in there or something at that particular time, but they kind of made that their head location. So a lot of artists used to come and try and, you know, because DNY was getting money. So a lot of artists used to come over there and just get advice or try and get down with them because Rough Riders didn't pop off just yet anyway. Yeah, they right. was on a rise of about about to pop off, but people gravitated to DNY because they were people persons. They, yeah. They'll hear your problems if you need $20, they give it to you. If somebody fucking with you, they'll come take care of it for you, you know yep. what I'm saying? But that was kind of um, what was going on on 125th Street. So who was outside there? D.Y. I didn't even know they was from Yonkers at the time. I just <laughs> thought they were some dudes that came around and just hung out. But um, sometimes the locks would come down there, but they wasn't the locks. You right. know what I'm saying? All these people, I'm telling you, didn't have deals or didn't have records at that particular time. So Mace, a bunch of different people from Harlem came, but it was just somewhere everybody kind of hung out at that time. You got on Big L's album. Yeah, he put me on his album. Did you anticipate that happening or did was that a surprise to you or um no well big l had a vision too it just didn't come to fruition and he didn't have the best deal i believe over at um columbia but he he's seen how it could be beneficial to have a crew you know what i'm saying the name of the song i was on was called eight is enough though it was eight people rhyming including him he had another song with like granddaddy iu and some other people on it that was like five other artists and he was trying to form children of the corn. Right. And um, he seen the importance of that, but he didn't really have a, the best deal at Columbia, so it wasn't like he could form the crew that he wanted, you know what I'm saying? So that didn't come to fruition, but for him putting me on his album, I was really happy about it. Yeah, what did your mom and your uncles and everybody think? They didn't give a shit. Really? <laughs> yeah, they, did they know about it? They probably didn't at the time, to be honest, because... Nobody wanted you to be a, like a rapper. Like that wasn't really something that they seen could be beneficial at that time. You right. know what what, did, what did your mom want you to be? My mom, she she didn't really. That's a good question because she didn't really disagree with anything I I was I was doing at that particular time in life. I had moved out from my mom like tenth grade. I moved out my mom and moved with my grandparents. So my grandparents didn't really want to hear no rap shit. <laughs> they were starting to get mad at basketball trophies. They like, because I used to have hundreds of trophies in my house, and they'd be like, when are you going to bring some money in here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They was getting mad at the trophies. So um, not necessarily my grandmother, but more my grandfather. But, you know, they, you know they, they when you got older people from especially that generation you know they from like segregated bathrooms and yeah. and restaurants and shit like that so they believe learn a trade or get a job or whatever you tell them you're gonna be a rapper that shit is way far fetched for them to even fathom you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah that shit don't even did seem any, like did, it could happen did any of that sink into you though as far as what like did you ever believe like oh this is like a pipe dream no so it <laughs> Never. was it was make it or not. No, I never believed that because I just always felt that I had talent, and a lot of people told me I had talent. You know what I'm saying? Well, I really thought I was going to be a, in the NBA. To be honest with yeah. you, that was, that was really my goal. Rap was like a hobby that people just told me I was decent at. But um, when I got kicked out of college, Mace almost got his deals. Mace's deal was um, almost done, and then that just started becoming reality. It was one thing when Big Al had a deal, but when Mace got his deal, it was something totally different. Had yeah. you met Puff? Uh, I didn't meet Puff till I went on tour with Mace. Did you think that like what Mace was doing was gonna like blow him up to like the extreme? After he did that one twelve song, I did. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mace, 
What happened is Mesa did a tape, and this dude named Kuda heard Mesa's tape and kind of took Mesa under his wing and taught him not to be so hard rapping and took a liking to Mesa and told him how to make choruses and so on and so forth. And them two lived together for about a year or maybe more trying to get Mesa's sound right and teaching them to be more for the ladies because Mace was real hard rama. And Murder Mace. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So um, they spent their last money to go to Atlanta, Kuda and Mace, because Kuda used to road manage Biggie Smalls. So I don't even know how that happened. He's from <laughs> Virginia. He ended up living in Harlem. He found Mace, and they lived together, no money or nothing. They they grinded it out together and spent their last money to go to a so-so death party to rhyme for Jermaine Dupree. Crazy. And um, Jermaine Dupree didn't take him, but uh, other people heard about what they did, so that's how they vibe started going. You meet Big, obviously everybody knows, like you show up at his crib, and he's got two girls there, and, and you spit for him on like every instrumental that they got, right? Right. Did you think that that was your moment? Like that was just like... Yeah. You know, the one. Absolutely. Yeah. You got you got to. I mean, this is when Big was on top of the world. He, he was like the king of not just rap, like all music at that particular time. People were loving him. And uh, just to get an opportunity like that, you got to take advantage of it. Like, people come up to me and be like, yo, Cam, can I rap for you? And I'd be like, I bet. And they'd be like, what you want to hear? I'd be like, what the fuck <laughs> you want to hear, yo, my nigga? What the fuck are you talking about? I want to hear a radio song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hear, yeah. yeah. Do people still try to give you actual physical CDs these days? Not lately. Like a lot of um, hard, um, hard yeah, drives. Yeah, yeah thumb drive. Recently, to be honest, uh, I was at Whole Foods like four or five days ago. This dude gave me a card and said, put your camera up to it. And you put your camera up to it, and it automatically goes to his whole website. Whoa. Yeah, you ain't hear about that? No, yeah. like a QR code or something like yeah, that? Yeah, on the card. No, I didn't know that like artists were doing that. I'm glad I'm not late. I yeah, thought I yeah, was not, fucking not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. This dude hands me a business card, but it has like the, you know, like the um, barcode on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put your phone up to the barcode, your camera, just your camera, and they'll take you straight to their link Man. For, for their music. But did you listen to the music? Because he had that type of technology, I did. Wow. I was impressed. Wow. Then I told somebody else about it, and they heard about it already. I'm like, yeah. but I, y'all didn't. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I beat you guys to the punch. Or we're just <laughs> pretending to be nice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. There's a famous like Rap City clip of Mace and you and that girl walking down 125th. Where was your mind at in in that in that moment? Um. That this is really about to happen, probably, because you know it's far fetched to get a record deal or anything like that. So, um, Rap City was the biggest rap show at that particular time. Yeah. So, and who's in that? Jimmy's in the back. I know. Is he? Yeah. I, I, I know the video you talking about. Big Les is the lady who was hosting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to like her. No. <laughs> and um, you could tell from the video. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I don't remember else who's there, but just that segment. You know, being on Rap City at that time, it was really a big deal. So. I was like, oh, shit, this shit is really about to happen. Do you watch a bunch of your stuff, like, back? No, unless I'm trying to prove a point to somebody. Like, like, uh, it was a, this girl. Like, so I started, you know, everybody calls me Flea and shit. Yep. But, like, Flea is, like, regular slang and shit. You know what I'm saying? So a girl younger than me, she's like, you didn't invent Flea. You're not Flea. I'm like, yo. <laughs> I had to go show her Killer Season. I'm yeah. like, how old was you when Killer Season came out? You don't know shit about... You probably couldn't even come outside by yourself when Killer Season came out. Look, I'm fleeing Killer Season. Yeah. I invented it. I don't mind in slang, 
But don't don't try to take that away from me, Shorty. You know what <laughs> Wait, I'm saying? what's something that um that you have gotten credit for over the years that maybe you didn't like come up with? It's shit that I come up with that I don't get credit for. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. So I would say like I had another argument, and I'm not saying I invented this, but I bought it the music business when people be like, no homo. Yeah. Yep. They be like, Lil Wayne made that up. Kanye made that up. I'm like, nah, <laughs> that shit from the east side of Harlem. Yo, I got that in Jefferson Projects. Right. And so a lot of people argue because the people that they listen to or heard it from, they think they're originators of mm-hmm. it. And I'm not saying I am the official originator, but I did bring it to the music business. Yeah. And it's no it's no homophobicness. It's just if you say something, just of course. so we clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be clear like right these days and shit. Today, if you show up to 1199 Day, mm-hmm. like what's the reaction there? Sometimes they'll probably be shocked because I don't go every year like I used to. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I was doing Bloodshed Day, my cousin who passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it every day for about eight, nine years, but people were coming for the wrong reasons. People was like, give me a bottle of liquor. Mm. Or yo, I need Put to talk on. to you. Yeah. Or I need to talk to you. Or yo, I need to I show you my just... QR code. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> everything. So I stopped going because... Um, I just didn't feel people were out there for the right reason. That's a bummer. Yeah, it is. It really is. So I'll go over to his mural, even his um, gravesite in Fairlawn, New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, and spend time by myself and vibe. But same thing with her. But people come to, for me for the wrong reasons. And I'm like, y'all are out here. I'm out here to um, celebrate. Because I don't do the day they died. I'll do the birthdays. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And... Y'all, I, they spoiled it for me, so I do it on my own. Where were you when, when you found out that Big died? When I found out that Big died, I was working in a liquor store. Mm. Yeah, I was in a liquor store at that particular time. And what would you think? Like, that was... I was hurt. That because, was your ticket, yeah. Yeah, well, that, you know, that, that was, that was, I was hurt about that. It's hurt because uh, Blood died literally like five days before Big, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Six or seven days before Big, so... It was like, damn, man, um, that was fucked up. I was like a fucked up month for two months, you know what I mean? So, mm. yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And um, you ran down on Un mm-hmm. later on right. um, when they were shooting the video uptown. Right. What did you say to him to, like, convince him to keep you around? I just told him because Big definitely wanted to sign me. You know, we was talking about it, and even though we didn't get to a paperwork point, um, I knew Un had just got a new deal distributed through Sony, through Epic, Sony. And so when I seen him, I told him, look, I'm going to do Big Want to Sign. Because he called Un when I was um, in the house after I finished rapping for him. He called Un. So um, when I seen Un, when they were shooting a video, I ran down and I'm like, yo, I'm the dude that was in Big's house that he called that he wanted to sign. What we doing? Yeah. And uh, we we did the deal after that. And at that point, did you think you were out of here? Um, you always gotta. I, I'm not one of them people who don't think I'm never not gonna be out of here. Know anything I'm doing? So, yeah I, yeah, I thought everything was gonna be great. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one of them like, oh, what if we don't? What if we don't? I don't second guess anything I do. Right. No yeah. backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. I've always got a backup plan, but I always think whatever I'm gonna do is work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. When you look back now and you see like all the memes on on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Like you see the you mad stuff. You right. see like certain like shots from different movies or whatever. Yep. Um, you and Pink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think of all that? I think it's dope. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, do you have a favorite? 
And do you um, send that to people in like text threads or anything? I definitely say you mad. Say <laughs> whenever whenever somebody seems upset, I definitely say you mad. But you know the gifts. It's so you could go to the gifts and just type my name in. So many different gifts pop up. So whatever is according, um, I'll send back. It's one gift that I have when um, I'm like it's from the daydreaming video, and I'm rolling the window up. Yep. So yep. like when I don't want to hear what somebody's texting me anymore, I'll send that particular gift for me just rolling the window. Does up. that help the situation or no? It depends on who you're dealing with. Like sure. if you're dealing with a crazy girl, it may not. Right. It may come to your house. What about a crazy girl who has uh, mayonnaise? You know? <laughs> that's a cool crazy girl. I'm talking about somebody who's. You're not talking about the girls who don't know who you know that you invented flea. There yeah. you go. You know exactly. So you have to deal with on. You're doing your first album. What? like did the label do for you like in a positive way like how did you like feel your situation was at the beginning um i did everything you could for me you know we shot videos uh we did put me on a movie soundtrack the woo soundtrack um did you have expectations like were you like well you know my friends are getting this or like these guys i see are getting that like i want that same treatment i mean uh or did you even have a vision I had a vision, but see, that's the thing is that I had to compromise my vision with his vision because they just been around Biggie. I'll start recording five, six months after Biggie passed away, maybe shorter time than that, maybe four months, five months. Where were you recording? Sony, mm. um, the Hit Factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so everything I did was being compared to Big. You know what I'm saying? Well, Big would have said it like this, cheese eggs and Welch's grape. And Big, and I'm like... Yo, I can't be big, you know what I'm saying? But they were just coming off being with Big and being on top with the biggest hip-hop artists, so I had to listen as well because it wasn't like they wasn't around greatness. Right. But at the same time, it can only be one big. Mm. So um, I'd say, I'll say my first album was like 50-50. It went gold. Was I disappointed? Yeah. Because you got to realize Mason just did triple platinum. You Crazy, know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, So... <laughs> my expectations was at least platinum. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So I was okay with a gold album, but I wanted to go platinum. Yeah. But I wasn't mad about it. When you look to get out of that deal eventually, and you do go and you enlist Dame, and you're like, there's got to be greener pastures elsewhere, did you think that you would end up at a different label entirely, or were you like, yo, maybe this Rockefeller thing like will happen? So what happened is Un had a distrib had a distribution deal and Un had a distribution deal and um he lost his deal um with Epic. The contract says Epic could take whatever artists they want from entertainment. His label was entertainment right. through Epic. He lost the deal, but the deal was Sony Epic could take whatever artists they want. They wanted me. I ended up staying at Epic. My second album, SDE, is through Epic. Right, yeah. And they didn't know what they were doing at the time. Dave McPherson, cool guy and all that, but they didn't know what they were doing. There was a female up there who kind of taught me the game like Cam. They're not, they're not spending the marketing budget. It's like when the college coach recruits you and then yeah. like leaves or gets fired or there you go. and you're stuck. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly like that. So, so they didn't understand you. Uh, it, they did after a while because, like I said, somebody was, was teaching me the game as I was going along. When I first got my deal, I didn't really know the business like that, nor did I care to that much. I thought I'd be in good hands 
and everything would be smooth. But it wasn't, so I had to learn what the fuck was going on. <laughs> so, like I said, there's a female up there teaching me, look, they're not spending marketing dollars on this. They're not spending promotion this. Your record's not being played in this state. Your record's not being played here, but they have money to spend it. So they wasn't doing that. And I went up there and started flipping on them niggas. Like, yo, because I was signed for seven albums. and I, I was <laughs> Seven like, albums? That was standard deal at the yeah, time. Like, yeah, but that must have like looked like forever. Exactly. So, me and Dame wasn't speaking at that time. So, now Jay-Z's on top of the world at this time, and Dame is somebody that I grew up with. So, I went and humbled myself, and, you know, we had a conversation, and he helped me out. And he was like, yo, I'll go up there and talk to them. And, you know, they Dame just made it clear to them that it'd be cheaper to get rid of Cam because Cam is coming up here with 40 niggas every day. We all got undercover police officers and he's making y'all uncomfortable, you know what I'm saying? Hmm. He, and he's not going to stop. So they let me out, and that's when I end up going to Rockefeller. When you humbled yourself to Dame, what did that take out of you? It didn't take nothing out of me because me and Dame grew up. It was stupid that we wasn't speaking over an argument anyway. And, um, you know, growing up with Dame, we did a lot of shit before, record, record, before the music business, so... Um, it didn't take a lot. It was just more of a fact. Um, if you could do it, you could do it. If you can't, I understand that you yeah. ain't fucking with me, but at least I'm going to give it a shot. Did who, you guys meet up in person? Yeah, I went, to go, I went to go meet him at his house in Fort Lee. And who did you know at Rockefeller at the time? When I got there? You knew hip-hop. I knew Jay-Z. I knew hip-hop. I know Jay-Z and all, all these niggas before they had deals. Like, like Jay-Z, I remember... And I don't know Jay Z for never having money, neither. I'm not going. To, I'm not just talking about before music and all that. But I remember like Dame and Jay, and they went to open up one day. I don't know if it was Penn State for Method Man. Method Man was hot, mm -hmm. and Jay Z didn't have a deal, but they had money. And me, Jay Z, Bleak, and Dame rode out there <laughs> to Penn State, and Jay Z opened up for Method Man and. Nobody was even really there. It wasn't that crowded yet. But just the opportunity to, for him to get to go open up for somebody like Method Man at that particular time yeah. was pretty big. Totally. Yeah. Did you know people like Big Face Gary like before you went over there? Yeah, I knew, we knew each other from the hood. Yeah. But Big Face Gary wasn't even at Rockefeller. I was at Rockefeller before <laughs> Big Face Gary got mm. there. And so um, you, you get over there. You're going to Baseline. What was your relationship with like the different producers over there? Um, I didn't really have a relationship with anybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We came, I, you gotta realize I'm coming in from just getting jerked around my last deal. I know the business. Damon's my friend. I'm just gonna use the tools that I have in front of me um, to get my crew together as well. You know, Jewels yeah. and Jim Jones and Hal Rowland and Jay Wright and whoever else that we dealt with at the time. And, you know, they had a studio. Um, we went to the studio every day because if somebody was in it, we'll go to the smaller studio. But we just had a crazy work ethic to where we wasn't going to not miss this opportunity because these opportunities don't come twice. And, yeah. and that led you into the whole, like, K-Slay mixtape, like, culture, just, like, flooding the streets. Yeah, because K-Slay became real hot at the time, too, um, doing his mixtapes and K's from Harlem. So we was like... Look, man, it don't make sense to um, not you take advantage of K as well because K was on fire. We both helped each other out, so it was real appreciative that he hosted the tapes. But 
Before I even started messing with K Slay, I was doing Clue tapes and Ron G tapes. Yeah, yeah. But K Slay is the one who uh, helped the diplomats out because what happened was we was like on so many different mixtapes. And I know it sounds old, like right now, like the person who ever invented the toilet seat, you don't really give a fuck. But <laughs> um, we were the first artists to do mixtapes. As artists, like everybody used to be on a DJ's mixtape, and I'm like, yo, we on 14 different mixtapes. We could just put our own music together and put out our own mixtape because Juels didn't have a deal, Jim didn't have a deal, nobody had a deal. So I was like, I'll use this as a marketing tool and get K Slay to host it and heat the streets up, and that way they could get deals too because Rockefeller didn't necessarily want to sign them yet. Yeah. Hmm. So I, um, I wait before that. Yeah. Um, is it true that when you signed to Rockefeller, you were like broke? No, I wasn't broke, but I wasn't rich. I've been living in Jersey since my first deal. I wasn't going back across the water. But I wasn't where I wanted to be. Was I driving good cars and living in a condo? Yeah, I was. I was. But I heard a story that like you you were chasing down like a $10,000 check, and then you lost oh, it. Oh, that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. We still... I was that, We was making ends meet. Shit was cool. But what happened was I had got a check for 10000 and me and Zeke had a plan to go do something. Um, that wasn't about paying bills or nothing else. That was about we wanted to go buy some work. <laughs> <laughs> and we knew we had like a a golden opportunity. It was like a a situation to where we couldn't lose. And we had just got a check for ten thousand and we was like, We put we're buying nothing but fucking weed with this. <laughs> and uh we lost the check, or though though we thought we lost the check, and it was underneath a car, and we were super happy. <laughs> but it wasn't like to pay bills or nothing. It was like to get rich. Yeah, yeah, and it, it worked. Um, how quickly did you and the state property guys become friendly? Everybody was cool when I got there. You know, um, I didn't have a problem. Everybody was real cool. Sparks and. Petey Crack is still my man, and Beans and Bleak had got on the song with that Just Blaze produced. Yeah, um, when I first got there, it was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, and did you did you think that like the the work that you were doing with like um, Arsonist or like with Just or like even the stuff you did with Kanye, like that that you were defining a certain sound that you guys would own? Uh, nah, we just we just. Pick beats that we like. You know, we didn't know that we was going to be, become like the dipset sound. Right. We were just more vibing on beats that we could relate to. You know, at that time, uh, you know, Juels was taking a train. He, he's like a, when I had Juels with him, he's like a 10th grade dropout. You know what I'm saying? And people had a lot of different pains. So I think all that music reflected the pain that people was going through, whether they was going through it at the time or previous. Yeah. Yep. So um, what made you switch your flow, by the way? Gotta reinvent yourself. I was in my first deal in 1997, so it's 2019. For for me to even still be doing this is pretty dope. Yeah, you know. But I mean, mean? like to go from like your first flow to your second. I mean, like you know, because your first album sounds like one thing, right? And then you started doing like the nursery rhyme sort of stuff. Mm. And like, what inspired that? Just basically, my first. So my first album, I did a lot of dope shit, and it was going over people's head. So I'd be dumbing shit, a lot of shit down, because it's like. To me, it'd be a waste if you don't get it. And then sometime too, this girl, this girl put me onto this. It was like this girl I used to deal with, and um, I used to argue a lot when I didn't have to deal. And she used to like Jay Z was just coming out, and she really liked Jay Z. 
And I really like Nas. I, I like Jay-Z, too, because that was my man. But I was like, yo, Nas is dope, man. She's like, nah, I like Jay-Z. And I'm like, nah, Jay, I fuck with Jay, but you don't fuck with Nas. She's like, Cam, when I go to the club, I don't want a dictionary with me. And I'm like, damn, I'm like, so she sold me this shit. And I'm like, damn, shit be going over people's head, yo. You know what I'm saying? And people want to dance sometime, too. And yeah. You know, so she's like, Nas is like a long car ride type of joint. And I'm like, damn, so I take all that shit into consideration. You know what I'm saying? So certain things you got to dumb down so people understand, especially uh, – if you trying to, if you want your shit hurt in the club, and you want sometime when you do a show, not saying Nas will have the records. I'm just saying what yeah. the girl was saying because I'm yeah right a yeah. big Nas fan. But sometimes when you're doing a show, you want people to sing along with you. But if you say it too much, you can't lower the music so they can fucking sing along with you. You know, right. you may just have people sitting there like. <laughs> dope but they yeah. can't really sing along you with can't you wind shit. it back you can't be like oh what do you say there yeah. <laughs> right. you know get I mean? that genius annotation <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so I remember you going up to Angie um, and I remember where I was when I heard this you you went on Angie and you guys were talking about the Rockefeller deal and Taliban and and actually even before you were you were Dipset you guys were was it the Legacy that was something we was just coming names that we was coming up with it wasn't like we ran outside with it but you know, we was just coming up with names, and uh, I think we had that name for like a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the but, way, not a good name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, thank you. Legacy yeah. had no legacy. Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> didn't even have a legacy at that point. But but, I, but diplomats took off, and and right. I know Johan's over here, and he was saying before, like, you guys are so known, obviously, for the Eagle, and you're, and you're so known for Dipset and all your merch and everything. What'd you think of the Ramones T-shirts? You know, that came out with like the diplomats, and it's just like. They took that and became such a big thing, but that wasn't necessarily like Who's sanctioned the by you. The Ramon, the band, the Ramones. They had, they got the like the black and white T-shirts. Hey and, ho, let's go. Uh, I didn't even see no. it. I'm not, <laughs> but yeah. they got the famous like T-shirts though, and they redid that with your guys' stuff there. You gotta show it to me. I didn't, I didn't even know about it. All right, we will. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so in the moment, you're you're over at Rockefeller, and when you did come home with me, okay, did you know that that was like a perfect classic album? Um, nah, but it felt good. Yeah. You know, it felt good. It felt like we was in a good space. Um, we was on a good label and I was around people who, who genuinely cared about my career. Like, it felt different. Yeah. Cause like I said, Dame was pretty much running the company and I was like my big bro. So for us to, we probably didn't speak for like a year and a half or whatever. So for us to be cool again and, and, um, him teaching me things that I didn't know already, it was genuine because it wasn't like he really needed to make money off of me. He yeah. already had money. Yeah. But um, he was really just teaching me a lot. So it felt good, and uh, it was good momentum making that album. Um, this is your shirt. This <laughs> is the Ramones shirt. Who are the Ramones? The Ramones were a <laughs> punk band back in like the 70s. They all, okay. looked, they all looked the same. They wore like long hair and had like bangs So that or was their logo back in the 70s? And then yeah. they flipped it to do a dip set like thing. Let me see. No, yeah. what I'm saying is this. The Ramones made it like that recently? No. Someone else. So Who was it? Originally the Ramones and then they flipped it to be... Yeah. Another clothing label thing. did a dip set thing. Okay, but what I'm saying is this. This wasn't their logo back in the day. Just this? No, that was that was all their that logo. Was theirs. Okay, this is theirs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know what it is. That's you know what I lo- you know where that's from? No. It's the back of the dollar. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying? So it isn't like 
we came up with something genius. You know, we just <laughs> copy wrote it and did it the right way legally. <laughs> but um, if you look at the back of Dollar, that's the same thing as on back of a dollar. Hey guys, it's Jeff here from the podcast, and that is Eric over there. Hello. We have sold t-shirts from our website to 43 states and eight countries. And by the time that these 12 episodes are done, yeah. the 12 days of podcast, yes. we want to sell to the rest. 43 out of 50 states. Okay, so we sold to eight out of 182 countries. Okay. Gotta finish it out strong. Okay, so we are missing Arkansas, Missouri, Mississippi, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, and Vermont. We're missing Guyana. We're missing Vietnam. Malaysia. Italy. Oh, the <laughs> we're missing people from Italy. The food experience curated by that fat chef. I forget his name. <laughs> He needs to buy a t-shirt. Yeah. Uruguay. <laughs> We're missing Nicaragua. We're missing... Panama. Yeah. Just all of Central America. You know, I'm shocked that we haven't sold one. Not one. Mm -hmm. To Mario Batali. Mario Batali is the fat chef who does Italy. <laughs> Mario, if you're out there, buy a couple of triple extra large t-shirts. <laughs> it's thereal.com slash shop. And now back to the podcast. We've spoken about this a lot. Like we had our live show with all of Rockefeller up there, and we spoke about it with Jim in terms of like the recording of Oh Boy, right? Mm -hmm. And like the politics behind it, and that the beat was just sitting there for a year, and you went in and you're like, no one's touched this. Like, guru, put it up, and I'm gonna do it right now. What we haven't heard though is once you get to Hot 97, mm -hmm. and you pressed enough, what is that scenario like? I don't remember, to be honest. I just know that part that you're talking about. I wasn't sitting there for like a year. I was sitting there for about a month. Uh. <laughs> and Jewel's kept pressing me to like, like let's basically steal it. and <laughs> Not steal it because it was sitting there. Yeah. And everybody been in the studio, whether it was, say, Property or Bleak's Crew or Jay-Z, and everybody's been in and out the studio 10, 15, 20 times. And Jewel's just like, still here, man. But it, and I'm like, yo, just leave it. And we waited about another two, three weeks and nobody touched it. I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> and we just end up doing it. But as far as pressing nothing, I, I, I can't remember. I'm not going to say yeah. and lie. But enough definitely looked out. That's my man. Yeah. But um, I can't remember that part. But the song was so good and it felt really good. It really didn't have that much of a problem taking off once we gave it to oh, people. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Right. like not mixed, like just yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. We just yeah. rushed it out so we And then Dame this. was like, let's make a video. Because like. <laughs> it was kind of like we stole it, so we was like, yo, hurry up and just do what <laughs> we could do to it, and, and we gave it out. But um, yeah, it was really good, and you know, Flex played it, Enough played it. We got a lot of love on it, but it, I don't think it was one of them situations where it was forced on people. It was mm -hmm. a really good song. It was something different when you heard it. And uh, I just think people grasp to it because it really it went nationwide. Oh. It wasn't just New York. Yeah. Um, right. This is a little bit like different, but like, who are your comedy influences? Influences are who I like. Both. Like, well, my favorite—the only person I haven't met, and that, which is my favorite um, comedian—and I'm not necessarily for his stand-up, more for his writing—is Larry David. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like my number one. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've uh, talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah yeah. 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 So Larry David, you know, growing up, I like Martin, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, uh, Kevin Hart is who, you know, uh, God bless the dead. I really love Patrice O'Neill yeah. as well. Yeah. That's He's got a legendary. new documentary coming out on Comedy Central. Soon. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. That's dope, man. Yeah. I love Patrice O'Neill. D Ray is dope. Yeah. Um, Did people always tell you that you had a good sense of humor? 
Yeah, people tell me I'm funny. Yeah, because I could be. But growing up too, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So people used to tell me I play too much growing <laughs> up. You know what I'm saying? Cause, well, could you snap on everyone like at baseline, just like you know? Yeah, like I like to snap and talk shit, but you know that's one thing with me. Like growing up, people like, oh, you play too much, but I know when to turn it on and turn it off because. It's like, yo, tough guys to me, and I'm not saying I'm tough. I'm just saying, like, yo, real tough guys don't act tough all the time. Who actually <laughs> wants to act tough all the time and be mad and making friends? I like to laugh and have fun and shit. Like, that's pretty dope to me. And, like, if you come into a situation where you have to defend yourself or be aggressive or whatever the case may be, that that's the case. But walking around frowning all day, that shit is whack. <laughs> that shit is real whack. Yeah. yeah. Right. You mad? Yeah, yeah. That's why you mad. Yeah. What do you, What do you remember about shooting the music video in the back of that limo in the in the tub? Um, what means the world to you? Yeah. yeah. Um, was it cold? Nah, we was in Vegas. <laughs> um, um, can you bring that back now that you're living pretty, out there? <laughs> it was pretty fun. It was dope. Um, I remember the one thing I do remember about that song was a girl on that song, and I just remember. You know, we wrote the lyrics for Joel's wrote her lyrics for um Joel is in that video. People don't even know that he's sleep in the limo <laughs> and shit. He's in that shit sleep. And um it was just a headache because all of a sudden it's like a girl we just knew from wherever and she's on the song and then once the songs came out, she had management and she wanted to deal and a attorney and this, that and the third, and it became a headache to deal with because we was trying to put her down with us, but is that why she's not like credited? Um, I have no idea. I ain't gonna lie why she's not credited, but maybe Joel Joel's wrote the shit, so you know what I mean? But I remember it was just like a big deal, but all of a sudden it's the three different managers and an attorney and a boyfriend and I'm like, you know what, just keep us. You know, we don't we don't got time for that. So we try to do business. Come home with me is like ringing off everywhere. What like and it's interesting, like considering like your career, you're so popular in places like Chicago or DC or down south. What other areas in the country really meant a lot to you in in that time? Uh, when come home, we came out. Yeah, <clears throat> Ohio. Yeah, you know, um, Ohio treats me real good, treated me real good. Columbus accepted me with open arms when I went down there. Um, at a club down there, I used to have like the best weed ever. So I used to charge people just to smoke with me, <laughs> not even necessarily sell it to them. Like, yo, I didn't want to, that was like my scheme, like not to sell weed, <laughs> like charge you just to come smoke with me. So it's not like I'm selling you shit. Right. You know what I mean? So um, Columbus, Ohio is really dope and Chicago is really dope. Those yeah. are the two cities that I would have to say showed a lot of love. We were talking with John Monopoly. Yeah, and he told us about uh, man. So I just I was just at his birthday party. Yeah, we ran into Don C actually last time we were in LA too. Right, and we were talking to him about the same story. Uh, You guys went down to Miami, and uh, you guys were very close. Don Don was drinking heavy back then, Mm -hmm. and ended up on the top of some chick's car, like bashing her, like you know, like windshield in. You remember that? That was in Chicago. Oh, okay. She <laughs> was in Chicago. The first time I ever went to Chicago, John Monop and Don C booked me to come to Chicago. The first time I ever went there. To their club? I don't think it was their club, but they were promoters. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were promoters, and um, they booked me. And I remember me and Jim getting there, and we was like, yo, you got to take us to the Good Time Projects, because we used to watch Good Time, yeah. and we like, we want to see the fucking projects. And, 
I remember Don C being like, this is fucking dumb. <laughs> like, yo, why the fuck do y'all want to go there? People are dying over there. We didn't give a fuck. We like, yo, we got to go there. Even the driver who picked us up from the airport was like, yo, I don't understand <laughs> what this is about. This is dangerous to go in these projects. And we was like, nah, we got to get a picture. And this is like the plastic camera. Oh, yeah. You yeah. had to take a picture <laughs> with So, um, yeah, Don C took us over there and shit. And then uh, we... um. When they performed at the party that night, and then that situation you talk about was outside of the, <laughs> was outside um, of the party he actually booked for us, <laughs> and I thought he was a cool dude, so I was like, "Yo, you don't need to do that." that <laughs> when you were on that phone call with Alan Grumblatt and Angie and Fifty, mm-hmm. and you were defending independent music, like you were ahead of ahead of your your time. Um, 50 obviously called it a graveyard, didn't think much of that whole model, but, and we were re-listening to that again today, you knew your stuff, you knew how much Jim was getting per album, you know how much other artists were getting on majors, you know, it made too much sense, how'd you feel in that moment? It was just a heated moment at that particular time, you know, Uh, you know, I'm always on top of my business after I got jerked around like I told you, but... Um, I haven't heard that in years, so I would have to listen to it again. But it was just more about probably defending whatever I was talking about business-wise at that time. Yeah, I, I think what also like really stuck out to us was that like you started off like you were like, "What's up, baby?" Like he's like, "What's up, baby?" And you guys were good. Yeah. And then like he must have said something, and then you started you know yelling Curtis, and then it just sort of all exploded in the, in the moment. Um, Did you guys talk like within that? What you mean? Like. After that phone call. Yeah, you... we seen each other. We spoke. Mm-hmm. I spoke to We used together probably about, about a couple years ago. We was trying to put some uh, no, no, I mean, sitcom I mean, shit together. I meant like in that, when like you guys were beefing. Like, did you guys talk at all? No. Did you, did you, we've heard this too, that, that he would send like, you know, funeral notices or whatever to the label and like really like play it up and send black flowers or whatever. Like, did you find that to be like, normal or would you just like oh he's he's playing was it funny or? yeah i don't dwell on that shit like if you want to we if we battle and we battle and if it's going to be street shit it's going to be street shit it just was all music so i didn't really take it as anything else same thing like when we seen each other we talked about like yo that was some music shit we had fun it was cool and we moved on with it yeah yeah after you finished your rockefeller stuff and you know you had uh different different albums that performed differently and, and you got out of that situation. You ended up over at Asylum, um, which was mostly known as a Southern label at the time. They had like, you know, UGK and they had... Um, Uzi. Yeah, uh, uh, Mike Jones and different... What appealed to you about that situation and why did you sign there? It was a lot of money. <laughs> it was a lot, a lot, a lot of money they gave me, man. And... um they was doing real good splits. Like it was like 80-20 splits or 70-30 splits. So um, I could have stayed at Def Jam because L.A. Rita came to Def Jam and was trying to reboot it. But not only it was Southern, what happened was Kevin Lowes and Leo Cohen and Julie Greenwald, which was running Def Jam, all went to Warner Brothers. Yeah. Asylum was under Warner Brothers. So to me, it was kind of going to the same system that I had just left. So yeah. I was yep. like, I'm cool I just went plat sold two, three million records with these guys with the Diplomat album. Come home with me, Purple Haze. Yep. I'm going to the same system that been working for me with these guys. So even though it was Asylum, it was still underneath 
the the Warner, Warner umbrella, umbrella, yeah. umbrella was at the people that was running Def Jam. So totally it's cool. When you think back to you know your Def Jam days and and Rockefeller and the movies that you made and like the presence that you had there, did you feel like you could do that without that system? You could do it like independently and have that same sort of like energy. I, you know, at this time, I built my own fan base with diplomats. So I was thinking, look, even like with Rockefeller, it was dope to be there and Dame teach me all that, but it was always a play that my own label and my own artist. And it wasn't just Rockefeller and it wasn't just uh, Def Jam. Like, to me, um, South people, Southern artists did that first. Master P did that way before everybody. Yeah. Then Cash Money came and did it. And I was like... Jay Prince. And, yeah, 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 exactly. All them dudes did it before, to me, before New York people did it. And I'm like, we are all the record companies in New York, but we're giving the distro deals to the people from down south. But you have to build your leverage up to get those type of deals, to get a joint venture, a distro deal. Did you talk to Master P about that when you when you guys first got to know each other? Um, nah, because by the time I met, I met Master P, I already had Diplomats popping. But I definitely gave him credit yeah. for, for him paving the way for my generation, for me to see that you don't have to uh, sign a regular deal, you know, because like I said, I went to school in Texas and everybody was ice cream man and ice cream man and, and he's from New Orleans and Texas is not that far, so yeah. they was loving him in Texas. There was a time that that we would see you around town and bump into you and you're always like, yo, I'm going to do movies, I'm going to do television shows. There was talk of like Netflix deal and like different situations. Was acting or writing or directing always like a passion of yours, or did this like develop? You're just like I want to do something different than music. After the movie, uh, when it Final Destination came out, I wanted to do movies. Final Destination. Yeah, cause um, I did a song called Death on my first album, like Death is Chasing You, so on and so forth, whatever. And to me, Final Destination came out after that album. Not saying that it was related in any type of way, but it was like the same thing. Yeah. It's like, yo, Death is chasing you, so on and so forth. And they didn't have to even rhyme about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do a, people think, don't give musicians or rappers that much credit. There'd be some people, I mean, no, it's regular song, but some people are telling the whole story and have to make it rhyme. Yeah. yeah. You could write a movie and it don't even have to rhyme and shit. So to me, that's kind of easier. Yeah. Depending on what the situation is. Like, I could do a whole fucking movie around one song title. So you got a song like Death and then you got six final destinations that make like a billion dollars. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, I could But then that girl doesn't that. want to hear that shit in the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she'll go to the movies to see the shit. You yeah, get yeah. what I'm saying? Do you still go out to the movies or are you more a Netflix guy? Uh, I go to movies like at uh, 12. Like I'm going to movies tomorrow at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Really? Wait, tell us the uh, address. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I like going to the movies, but I like going when the... the when no I, one else is there? I don't go on weekends. Mm-hmm. I go at like 1, 2 in the afternoon, and uh, I'll go with like... Because it won't be no idea. I went last week to see Will Smith's movie. Right. How was that, um, Gemini Man? Yeah. It, it, I didn't get to see it because I went to see the 3D shit, mm. and it kept fucking up. And I was just me and this one other couple in there. <laughs> And they was pissed. They was like, you know how fucking hard it is to get a babysitter? <laughs> they just kept yelling at the people, and they kept starting the movie over and over and over. They was pissed off, and they ended up just dead in the movie. So I didn't actually get to see that movie, but I went. And tomorrow I'm going to see um, 
was it black and blue or whatever it is with um Tyrese? Um, black tie. I don't know. Tyrese got a new movie out with a police officer mm. and all that. So I'm gonna go see that if I wake up in time tomorrow to go check that out. So uh, we we have another podcast that we do with the locks, right? right. Where we review movies. Yeah. And we watch a lot of movies that we've all seen. You know, Trading Places and um, Jurassic Park Black and Panther. like yeah. But but we've yeah. also seen movies that like maybe you haven't like you've got Mail or Coco or like Jada Kiss had never seen. Uh, a, a Pixar, a Pixar movie. movie, right? Like, also never seen Jurassic Park, which is crazy. Right. Right. Yeah, what movie have you been like given a chance to see that you were just like, I never would have watched that recently, and you're just like, yo, this shit's dope. I've never seen Jurassic Park, neither. What? Never? No, I'm not. I'm not. Ready. What are you doing after this? I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I have fights with people about dinosaurs and their existence all the time. So. Wait, what? Yeah, like I, as you in you don't believe dinosaurs existed? I, I'm not believing or dis disbelieving. It's like no proof, like. Because they throw these big bones paws up in the museum, <laughs> in the museum, and be like, "Yo, these are the people that were here before us." I mean, no, no, see, that, that is the proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're uh, looking that, for the proof. That is the proof. So these bones didn't. So they didn't. Um, Was the they, evolution they, class they're, they're your still, senior year still second strong semester. enough to put out in, in museums, <laughs> and they didn't crumble or anything like that? I'm not. I'm not necessarily going for that one. I'm not saying that. Didn't happen. If we, if we you are absolutely more, saying it. Didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. No, if we get more proof on it, cool. I'm not going off museum facts. There are like two thousand mm. years. Of proof. <laughs> What's the proof? Give me some proof. Besides the bones or whatever. The Let's go to the museum together. <laughs> no, I'm not going. It's only like museum, eleven blocks word. from here. No, I've been to every museum when I was young. I'm like, word. <laughs> so they just found all these bones and glued them together. <laughs> yes, that's that exactly what they did. Nah, I'm not sure. I'm gonna go for that one. It sounds like more of a of a money maker to me. Let's <laughs> act like it was dinosaurs. Wait, do you believe that the, that the world is flat? Nah, okay. I don't believe the world is flat. <laughs> I was about to like, have like an aneurysm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, nah, yeah. Nah, Heart nah. attack. Yeah. No, no just that, that dinosaurs didn't exist. <laughs> All right. I'm not saying they did or didn't, but I'm not going off museum facts or finding bones. Like, we, just, we need a little more proof, and I don't know what other proof you could give me, but... Who found these bones? Yo, Pause. our our group <laughs> like chat is real be scientists. All, yeah, yeah, like all dinosaur like <laughs> real scientists. Man. Yeah, oh yeah, archaeologists. That's their yeah. that's what their yeah, training's Indiana in. Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. But have you who, seen Indiana Jones? Who pays the archaeologists? They get grants. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> that's get, not like a okay. They get paid to do this shit. Yes, by like I, universities. I wish I could be. I wish I could be an archaeologist and be like, I found some shit. I'll be at the beach every day with like, yo, look what I discovered and found and just make some by the shit way, up. That movie pitch would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you insane? Let's get Larry David on the phone. One hundred percent. Let's get it. Yo. Um, so, by the way, okay. So now we have to like really clear something up. Yeah. One time you hit up Eric. Okay. And said, hey, I want to cast Jeff, me. <laughs> I did. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. In like, a movie. Yeah. No, no, no. You go, I got the part. No, but no. Like, it was a video. But like, I wanted you, you to play me in a video. <laughs> I remember that. I wanted you to have a pink mink on and sing my whole verse. And, and is that is that, is that like, idea still possible? Yeah, I've been no, here. <laughs> yo, yeah, no, I seen you and you was with it. But, you know, I still haven't put that song out, yo. 
I really remember that because I was like, yo, this would be dope if he did that shit. And I'm like, yo, if Jeff did that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yo, by man. the way, everybody thinks that I'm the kid who does um the the Jewels like Santana's Town. Yeah, I seen that yeah. remake. No, yeah. everything's that's me. Yeah, yeah. Jack in your style. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen that. I, I might be him for Halloween. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna think I'm gonna be me for Halloween. Yeah. Somebody just asked me, so I'm gonna go with myself. That would be yeah. great. Yeah. That'd be really great. But by the way, Eric isn't my manager. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but you hit me up like. Yeah, you know what? I do. I think sometimes I think y'all guys are twins. <laughs> he is a twin. twin. Yeah, he's it's a twin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got another brother. Well, I just think you guys are yeah, twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I just hit you up. Yeah. Well, that's crazy <laughs> that you're a twin. I knew it. Yeah. I felt it. Boys. Yeah. You've helped so many people get on, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of artists who. Let's not even talk about style. Let's just say like you've helped a lot of artists get in the game and become a name, right? Mm-hmm. What? Who are the artists that you're like most proud of giving a shot? Like. Maybe there was no money involved. Maybe there was money involved. Whatever it was, like, who's an artist that you're just like? I look back and I'm just like, yo, I did a good service for for that person in their life. Um, uh, everybody, you know, not not saying I did a good service. It's just more about seeing it come to fruition. You know, what I'm saying it's not about a good service. It's about you know, none of this shit is guaranteed. Same thing like you was asking me earlier, what do I think wasn't going to work? I think everything's going to work, but realistically, it might not work. You right. know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So any project that I did that became successful or any artist that I worked with that became successful or had a good run or had a good time or became um, aware, even if, if it's for a small period of time, I'm really proud of that. That's dope. So it's not just one particular person. It's just the fact that we uh, had a mission and accomplished it. We were talking to Bun. And Bun has like the worst music videos experiences. He what has some great ones, but there's, great ones, there's but ones some, that yeah ones did not work out. Like, what are your craziest music video experiences? The ones that were disappointing or like did not go right, or just crazy behind the scenes. Um. Well, um, my only thing I would say that I could think of because we we always have fun at our videos is. Probably I shot the video "Get It" in Ohio, mm-hmm. and it was the coldest day in Ohio <laughs> in like fifty years. It was like minus like uh, thirteen or fourteen, <laughs> not wind chill factor. Like when you're driving, it says minus yeah. <laughs> whatever on the dashboard. Yeah. And the cameras froze when we were shooting, and like <laughs> it, it was really bad. Like it was hot sodas, and we would put them on the ground <laughs> for like thirty seconds, and they would be frozen and shit like that. So. I would say that was probably just the worst experience weather-wise, but <clears throat> every video we shot, we always have fun at. I can think of a, a couple of really fun things, which is uh, Emmanuel, our friend Manny, mm-hmm. was in the 357 video as one of the cops, yeah. which is crazy. She's in Get em Girl 2 video. Is she really? Yeah, it's when me and D- Zeke did like the fake... Are you talking about Emmanuel who works in Atlantic? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. now she's over... Now she's at uh, Capitol. Capitol. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, um... She's in the, you haven't been checking out her LinkedIn? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, by the way, <laughs> Manny, I'm sorry. Yeah, Manny. Manny. You know, I love Manny. Manny's my homegirl. By the way, Freaky Zeke added me on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, why? Yeah. He, he knows you're a twin, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, He'd do better off if he was hitting up my twin yeah. brother. Right. No, pause. So, um, um, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Pause. Again. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, she's actually, we did like a fake Maury, and she, um, we begged her to be in it. She didn't want to be in it. She's like the girl we, that 
we both wasn't our baby. Oh, we got to check this video out. Also, we talked to Sherry Bryant, and she said the first time that she was on a private flight Mm -hmm. was when you refused to do some, like, video unless you were flown out there private. Okay. And then they they did it for you. They worked miracles and got you on that private flight. Yeah, Sherry's from my grandma's building. She's from the east side of Harlem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, um, yeah, Sherry's family, but... um, I remember a funny story about Sherry. I remember she called me one time. Sherry Bryant, she had called me and um, she's like, yo, Cam, I'm in the store. Somebody following me. I need your help. And I'm like, what? She's like, I'm hiding in the store right now. And she was happened to be like right across the street from where Zeke lives. And I, so I sent Zeke down there, called him up to go get her. Holy and he, shit. And she was like hiding behind some chips. <laughs> and By the way, Zeke, she's very short. She is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Zeke is like, Sherry's, nobody's outside. She's like, like, okay, maybe I'm paranoid. (laughs) But that was crazy, yeah. Um, this this meant a lot to us. I don't, you know, I'm sure it meant a lot to you too. But like, you know, as as guys who who love this business and 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 love the ins and outs of of the business too, seeing you on that stage at Jay's B side show, um, whatever whatever issues you guys had over the years, whatever talk there was from. Either you guys or like people around you or people who had no idea and just wanted to talk. Mm-hmm. We got a heads up that it was happening. Um, and we watched it on people's, you know, like Instagram lives and all that. Mm-hmm. It felt awesome to see us, uh, to see you guys on that stage, to, yeah. to perform um, Welcome to New York City, to, to give you the stage and you and Jimmy were there and everyone's dressed up. What was that, what was that night like for you? To be honest, it was pretty smooth. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, I knew Jay-Z before record deals or anything like that. So it may have been tension when I got the Rockefeller, but uh, just, to, you know, he keep he kept doing what he's doing, which, which is I'm very proud of just his growth outside of being an artist. You know what I'm saying? Just to know where he came from to where he's at now is really dope. And it wasn't like I needed to um, validate myself with that night, but to be honored to be called to do that, it was really dope, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because we ain't really out do too much beef. It was more he say, she say, yeah. you know, entourages against other entourages. <clears throat> so, you know, when they called, we didn't even talk about shit about except for doing that and yeah. just how much respect we have for each other. And how much, where you had to get your suit. Uh, yeah. I keep a few of those on deck. <laughs> I didn't have to go do that. Those are in the hot closet <laughs> hanging out right now. Did you run into Nas backstage? Uh... I ran into his crew. You know, I knew some people that I met Jungle that night. I never met Jungle before. Really? Yeah, I met Jungle and a kid named E that I knew for years, 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 years from Queensbridge. I seen him, but I didn't actually see Nas that night. Okay. Your mom is is one of the great followers on on Instagram. Yeah, she's crazy. Did you know that she would take to that technology so well? Ah, uh, sometimes I don't like it, man. <laughs> she's overdoing it. I, I too many her, throwback Thursdays? Nah, it's too much. Yeah. Nah, she's always arguing. I gotta be like, you can't be arguing because I'm gonna get mad you, my mama, but <laughs> sometimes you instigating this shit. You know what I'm saying? You gotta chill out. <laughs> but, you know, she, she has fun with it in this school, but sometimes I, I gotta tell her that you gotta get permission to do certain <laughs> shit, man, because you be wilding. She, like, sometimes she even call me and be like, you know how much it's taken in me not to say anything about X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? So, But people love her and she has fun with it, so that's cool. Yeah. Do you love Instagram? 
Instagram is cool. I like Instagram. I don't take Instagram as serious as everybody else because Instagram is my come up. Mm-hmm. A lot of people take Instagram seriously because a lot of people popped off because of Instagram. Yeah, and that's all they got. Yeah, and not only that, it's just like, you know, I'm happy that that wasn't my come even though it's <laughs> profitable for a lot of people, including myself. But, um, you know, people panic when their flights aren't up or this yeah. angle isn't right. Right. My, this girl went crazy. So I need an outlet. I'm on forty percent. Like, so I thought that was obvious. I don't panic to like three percent. You know what I'm saying? Like, so just being fortunate enough not to for that not to be my come up. I can have fun with it. To where other people, I think they manufacture fun and act like it's a good time and all that, but they take it so serious that they can't really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know I, I mean? don't really like fuck with Halloween like that because it's manufactured fun. Yeah. But that being said, <laughs> yeah. last year I was Dennis Graham, Drake's dad, <laughs> and I killed it. Who's that? Drake. Drake's dad. You oh, know, yeah? Dennis Graham with yeah. the mustache yeah. and the fedora yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Send me a DM of that. Man. Yo, yeah. Jeff. Jeff. When we pulled up at, at Up and Down last year, and Jeff yeah. got out of that car, people thought it was Dennis Graham. Oh yeah. <laughs> not in like some blackface. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I don't get that from you. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, you said to us one time, I was emailing you to be a part of um, sketches when we were like doing that. Yeah. And I emailed you and you were like, I don't get my emails until three weeks later. <laughs> I don't have no notifications on, on my phone. If you have to like, even if you text me. I got to just check every 10 minutes on none of my phones because it's just annoying. Like, even Instagram, like, I'm on notifications one one time. That shit goes off every four seconds. (laughs) Like, yo, how the fuck do people just every four seconds buzzing in their pockets? So I turn Because the more you respond, then the more people... Yeah, nah, not even respond. I'm talking about my phone's in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Is it? Voo, 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 oh no, I get voo, it. Voo, yeah, voo. Like, yo, that's annoying all day. And then you look and it's like underscore Tammy one two seven. Like, yo, come on, man, I got other shit to do. So I'll just have my text on. Not even my text. I just randomly check my text every five ten minutes. So it wasn't you but, just like curving me. But, no, not at all. But okay. if you, but if you call me, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick the phone up. That's you can. My I think phone I think we called you once and bitch and. Uh... I have three phones. Yeah, so okay. We make sure we got the right <laughs> That's number. That's too too many. Nah, nah, nah. I think me. British picked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe sometime I'll, I'll give a phone to somebody for a while. This yeah. was great too. Uh, Spotify, you guys did a show maybe a year and a half oh ago, two years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. So right. we pull up. And we're standing outside with uh with like Lenny S and uh and Emery, right? We're, so we're across and and we see that there's a big crowd outside, so no one's getting in. And uh, I think ASAP Mob was opening up for you guys. Yeah, there was a police presence. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and and by the way, there's been a million dipset reunion shows, right? Right. And this is like the only one that Flex wasn't involved in. Right. You know, there's like a million Spotify is doing this one. Right. So we're standing there and we're talking to Lenny, we're talking to Emery, and we're like all right, maybe we'll cross the street, maybe we'll go in now, but it doesn't look like the crowd's moving. And all of a sudden, we look to our right, and who's walking down like 8th Avenue, but you and a parade of a million people behind you. And you were not stopping. You were not going into the show. You just kept going. And we're like, well, fuck this. So we we followed you. Yeah, Yeah, we followed you. It was like a parade. It was a parking garage. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it was, was, Manny was there trying to like negotiate things. Shout out to Tuma, who was at Spotify at the time. Um, And I know you did make it into the show later. Um, but but yeah, I was about to leave. Yeah, they police. It wasn't Spotify or too much anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. police just was so upset because 
they didn't have it under control that they were taking out on everybody else and everybody was following me and I'm like, look, I'm never going to get in if this many people are following right. me. Right, so, and like these two idiots joined in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, it was cool. It was I, like 102 people. I was on the way home at that time. I was yeah. like, it's <laughs> over for the night but they convinced me to go back so I ended up going back. Um, can you tell us a good tunnel story? The tunnel? Um, Besides bringing like 150 people at a time and... No, nah, I didn't have that much pull. That, that, was, <laughs> that was after I got my deal but... The dopest part of being, t- I remember just being too young to really get in the tunnel. Maybe I wasn't, I was like maybe just at the right age, but uh, it was really dope to see Easy E in there one day. Wow. And I was like, fucking, yo, Easy fucking E, man. This yeah. is crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you, I, I was like 17 or some shit. When you, when you think back about like who you were back then, when you, 17 year old Cam, right. and you and Jim, whatever, you're working at the liquor store or you're, you're running around, you're playing ball, like, you listen to like his project or see what the reaction is like last year and, and think about all the moves you're making and you're just like, God damn, like mm-hmm. we have done a lot of shit and we're respected across the board. Again, like, you know, you don't need the 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 sort of um you don't need people to tell you, Oh, well, you know, you've you've made it now that you've been on a, a B side stage. But like I'm saying, like, where you're at now, you ever look back and think this has been a, a long, crazy journey? Not really, because it's still going on. Yeah. Sometimes I may think of moments or somebody may remind me of something and say, oh, you remember this or remember that, but I don't sit there and dwell on stuff too much, and I really don't like, unless unless uh, we doing shit like this, Yeah. like, yo, remember when? Like, nah, because I'm trying to worry about tomorrow, too. You know what I mean? When it's all over and said and done, uh, yeah, we could do that. Like right now, we're in the process of gathering pieces and bits and stuff for my documentary. Oh, so um, do you have a distributor for that? Not yet. I'm not sure who I'm gonna do it through. I have some options, but I'm not gonna say because it's not inked and yeah, you know, inked and writing. By the way, I don't know if you have yet, but you should hit up Sife, who like has like tons and tons and tons of video footage of everything. Yes, yeah, I'm so sure he's got Sife stuff. Sale? Yeah, yeah, we're supposed to do some comedy shit together. Me and Sife, you know what I'm saying? That's what's up. Sife is dope. But um, yeah, just going through the documentary process is dope. But just on a regular and be like, yo, remember this? Remember that? Nah, I'm still trying to worry about tomorrow. Unless you're with some girl who has no idea like about like you know certain things part of your career. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I gotta bring up flea shit like yeah. that. You know, when you discredit my future, that I gotta bring the past up. Does your mom like have like scrapbook or like you know any any sort of like memorabilia from like your career? Does she keep like a hold of that? No. Everything is on the net. Yeah. <laughs> Just about. I mean, she got old picture books when I'm a baby and like yeah. four or five years old. But what about like triple, you know, XL, you know, like uh, promo shirts? Not that. I got a lot of shit like that in my storage. I got a storage unit with a bunch of old shit like scissor and yeah. promo and all that shit. But. Just laying around? Nah. Oh, Jeff found the dopest throwback today, yeah. right? It was a promo t-shirt, no, a long sleeve shirt, like from 99? Yeah. I've seen it on her Instagram story. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. say fuck Giuliani? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it today. Fire. Thank you. Fire. <laughs> Yo, bring that shit back. Yo, like, now's so the time. So are hitting me up being like, Cam has now. to bring it back. But fuck Giuliani? Yeah. Now. Yo, now's the time, too. Yeah. What's he doing? He's fucking up still? He's what? Violent? Oh. Absolutely. Every uh, single day. Every okay. single day he goes on TV. We need to talk about dinosaurs and like what's going on with the president now. You know yeah. Trump's the president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So his yeah. so his buddy is fucking uh, Giuliani. Like, they're like peas in a pod. They're both morons, right? And who knows what's left of their like brain, but like they run around and they do like corrupt shit 
and now they're getting caught and they say the corrupt shit on TV as if like that like exonerates them. Exactly. Yeah. And so now they're gonna be dragged into, you know, these these hearings. Well, good. Yeah. yeah. I never really liked Rudolph um, Giuliani. No, I him. saw the shirt. It said yeah, Giuliani. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was fucking up my block at that time. It was really fucked up. You got to realize, he came, and I'm not saying what David Dinkins was doing was right, but it was more lax than, it was more cool. That nigga was real, had a lot of tension, a lot of police presence, and yeah. that shit was annoying. Even like, and it wasn't even racial with him. He was like shutting down John Gotti and a whole bunch of other shit too. He was just an asshole. But, um, Yo, when you yeah. when, when you came back from school, or actually when you went to school, did people think like, did they think something of you for like you know not staying local? No, nobody stays local who's good mm. unless you mm. go to St. John's. Everybody wants to go to North Carolina. Or everybody wants to go to NC State or Iowa State or wherever. Like no. I knew a lot of girls who went to NYU. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they're not playing basketball. They don't got a basketball team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's like the Fighting Violets or whatever. <laughs> fighting Violets. <laughs> Exactly, but nobody wants to play at home. Everybody wants to go play on TV, and at that time, maybe St. John's and maybe the second closest was Syracuse yeah. that was yeah. playing on TV. Yeah, that's where I went, yeah. I wanted to go to Syracuse back. Yeah? yeah. Did they send you a letter? Yeah, Jim really? Shout out to Jim Behan. Yeah, that's my man. But uh, it, it didn't You could have worn orange. I know, yeah. I would love to with the fucking Syracuse, man. I was a big Jim Behan fan, you know what I mean? Play zone? Uh. Whatever zone man, yeah. man, whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, I was a big fan of them. They had a lot of good players when I was young. Pearl like, Washington. Yeah. Yeah. And they had Sherman Douglas, Derek. Absolutely. Coleman, yeah. And uh, there was a lot of players. Conrad McCray. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of dope players. So I wanted to go to that. That was like my first choice, but I think they recruited whoever <clears throat> they recruited. But I, I was happy just to get a letter from them. Uh, you've you've obviously played Syracuse before, right? Like perform there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Do you rock a jersey or what? Like, it depends. Like, I don't sit there and plan my outfit out. Like, oh, like you're I, not fabulous. Nah, nah <laughs> I just go in my closet and I got a section of clothes I wore, mm-hmm. clothes I didn't wear, and clothes that I wore that been seen before that I can't wear no more. Yeah, and clothes that I wore that nobody seen before, so I can still wear it. Like that's how my closet is sectioned. Though. Who organizes your closet? I have a female who organizes my closet. Okay, like, every two all right. Days. That's nice. A friend of mine. Now, yeah. That's a real fucking job, yo. Yeah. Yo, when they when like if she's not around for two weeks, it's fucked oh. up. It's, <laughs> no, it's really bad. It's really bad. Like that shit is a real job, yo. I'm really lucky to have somebody like that because you don't trust everybody. I was going through that when she wasn't around, and I'm like, I can't trust everybody in my fucking closet. You yeah. Know what I'm yeah. So I appreciate her. Do you have the? Uh, Shower curtain with your face on it up at your spot. No, no, I don't. Have you seen it in person? Yeah, I make them. No, of, of course, but like yeah. hanging up somewhere. Do you ever walk oh, into yeah. someone's spot and you're like, oh, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no homo. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. basketball player in Seattle, I went to scrimmage. No disrespect. No, of course, that's my yeah. Man. yeah, but um, showing support. Yeah, he uh, he has my shower curtain. I <laughs> used to have one, and then Lindsay Lohan stole it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I I would prefer only girls. To yeah, have yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You can buy the diplomat one if you got to sell the diplomat shower curtain. As it's well. a it's a you statement. Right. Yeah. You have a new album coming out. New album coming out on December sixteenth. And you're excited about it. Very excited. That's that's something that I don't know. I don't know how long you've been working on it. Maybe a while. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But another project that's been in the works for a while is the one you did with A Track. Okay. 
And uh, from what we heard, it's been like start and stops, but something that's been going on. Is there any update on that? Atrax probably pissed at me. Right <laughs> now, you know what I'm saying? Because what happened was we, we was working on it, then we lost contact, then we worked on it, then lost contact. So we finished it. We just did a deal. Congratulations. And, um, thank you. We we did a deal with um, my people over there, Empire. Shout out to Ghazi. And the Big shout out to Ghazi. Yeah. yeah. Amir. Yeah. yeah. So um, we were supposed to get ready to put this project out, but I'm like, yo, it's the 15-year anniversary of Purple Haze. We got to wait. And he's yeah. like, come on, man. We can't <laughs> wait. And I'm like, soon as this project is done, top of the year, we're going to put our project out. That's dope. So if he's not busy now, this yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. then the project come out. But we did do a deal for that. With um Empire about two months ago, but I just wanted to make sure this music got out the way. But it's really dope. Came that's, out dope. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, look, we're we're super appreciative of the fact Come that you on, came man. through. Come yeah. man, it's way overdue, and yeah. I'm happy you found me. No, thank you thank so you. much. Um, and we appreciate you telling you know your whole story until now, even if you don't normally you know relive those days. And no, yo, listen, I, I with you guys is cool. Thank you very yeah, much. And we listen. I appreciate that you look forward to, especially tomorrow when you go see that movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of A Waste Time with It's the Real, the first of the 12 days of podcast. Jeff, you want to find out more about us? I'm Eric with the curly hair. You're Jeff with the glasses. Together, we are It's the Real, no apostrophe, no spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast, it's called A Waste of Time with It's the Real. If you want to find out more about what's going on with us, where can they go? You can always go to itsthereal.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L.com. Go to itstherreal.com and sign up for our newsletter. Go to itstherreal.com slash shop. Buy a t-shirt today, especially if you are in seven states and 174 countries. <laughs> it's so close. We're so close to the country. <laughs> it feels like it's possible in the next 12 days. Yeah, North Korea. <laughs> we haven't sold anything to North Korea? I know, it's crazy. That is wild. Um, also, you can find us on Twitter at itstherreal, Instagram at itstherreal. YouTube.com slash it's the real. We asked people if they wanted a shout out on this episode, and we said the way to get our attention is to add random celebrities. So, who are we shouting out today? All right. Uh, I'm going to start with Carissima, who said, not at random, but because she's the baddest bitch, Trina Rockstar. I want to shout out I Got Juice, who wanted Michael Jackson to know <laughs> about our podcast. Yeah. Um, I want to shout out David Clark Marshall, who said Mr. Porter. Hey, Mr. Porter, buy a t-shirt. Uh, Hala at Johnny D said Pee Wee Herman, check this out. Yo, shout out to Pee Wee Herman, buy a t-shirt. Lex or Todd, Todd and Lex mm-hmm. said, yo, tell Cam I'm still rocking Hey Ma like I am in my 20s at Sadat X. Hey, I want to be very honest. We recorded this episode two months ago. <laughs> CBX Web from LA said David Lynch. Yeah, you know, David Lynch. Buy a t-shirt. I think David Lynch is definitely listening to this. <laughs> Uncle Sam MC, who is not Uncle Sam, the guy who sang that song. I don't ever want to see you again. <laughs> Wait, is it is it Big Sam? Oh, Big... Yo, if it was Big Sam from the... Eastside Boys? From the Eastside Boys. <laughs> Big Sam who drank from a gasoline can. It'd be a different story. I mean, different story. So who did, who did Uncle Sam want to shout? He shouted out Makai Pfeiffer. Yo, Makai Pfeiffer, buy a t-shirt. Uh, Dylan Andrew Diaz said The Ellen Show. Shout out to The Ellen Show. Ellen DeGeneres. Hey, Ellen. Buy a t-shirt. Um, Timothy the First said Jason Alexander, famously of Seinfeld. And also up on our wall, shout out to George Costanza. Yes. Haven Credible said at Brian Jackson. 
Brian Jackson? Let's find out. He works with Gil Scott Heron. Okay, well, shout out to him. An accomplished musician. Deserves a t-shirt. Go buy one. OG Danzito said Mike Tyson. Yo, Mike should definitely be aware of this podcast. Not Your Name said Real Mick Foley. Mick Foley, who we also have a, an action figure from. He's right here. He should be aware. Coral Lopez said Vince Staples. Okay. Shout Hopefully Vince, Vince Staples. actually sees that and comes on our podcast. That would be Somebody great. Somebody else said Vince Staples, too. That dude, Effie. Yeah. Who's, I, there's no way I can actually shout this guy out. Okay. But he said Vince Staples. I think you guys can understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has a name, and I'm preferring to leave that out. Joey Blaze said Amanda Bynes. Shout out to Amanda Bynes. Bun Diesel said you guys are great with artists who are bubbling. I'm going to throw Reason from TDE on there. Plus, I hope we get some new two Reason to Black Keys. He's throwing these out there, but you should watch House Party, the first one. All right. MJA773 said Jonathan Taylor Thomas wow. of Home Improvement. Yeah, yeah, shout out to JTT. Yeah, but he did at the wrong one. It well, seems to be a... Now how are we going to get the word out to Jonathan Taylor Thomas? You know, Kyrie the Great said Foggy Raw, who is not a celebrity, sorry to say. Oh. Josh Lavis said shout out to Fantastic Four, a.k.a. Hope Avengers, a.k.a. Joe Buttons with an S. Okay. At Joe Button, Rory, Maul, and Parks. Shout out to those guys. Ken Season mm-hmm. said Frankie Nunez. <laughs> Shout out to Frankie Nunez. Jeez Louise said Lisa Ling. That's good Cousin af- Lou. And said, good afternoon, Lisa. <laughs> JW Smiles said the Goonies from BGSU and Wale. Shout out to Wale. Um, Jawar Hussein added Anderson Cooper. All right. Hey, a local New Yorker, get a t-shirt. Emilio Estevez said you already know at Donnie Wahlberg. Jeff? Donnie Wahlberg follows us. We did know. <laughs> yeah. And Abu Kalbs, our man out in London town, said Jeremy Corbyn fixed Brexit. <laughs> High lofty expectations when you tune in to Waste of Town with It's The Real. Jeff, we got more episodes on the way? We do. Also, Cash Money Josh said at Kevin Hart for real. I agree. We tried to get Kevin on the podcast. As always, Jeff, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bra- Bra-